random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists Presents The Marvelists Ms. Marvel, episode number six. No normal. And joining us on the other end of the tin cannon string, we are welcoming back the man I lovingly call Shang-Chi Nick, Nick Wells. Nick, good evening. Good evening, Eddie. Good evening, Peter. How are you both today? Pretty I love the way Nick just dissed you, Peter. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, I have to put Eddie first. Respect he went alphabetical. Elders. It's okay. It's yeah, exactly. Head. Respect your elders alphabetically, you know? Absolutely, and I don't disrespect uh, that, that remark. So, elderbetically. <laughs> Back in Jersey, Kamala fights to save her friends from the clutches of damage control. Certain scenes some viewers may find upsetting. <gasps> but, well... What I did not find upsetting was they did the Peter Griffin of they. She said the line. She said the title of the episode when she goes no normal. She said the line. She said the line. So nothing wrong with that. I think I, I, I thought it was hilarious. I'm just like, oh, we're literally being on the nose of that, you know. So. I didn't realize that they actually outright said the episode name. Now yeah. I kind of want to go back and see if they say it all the time in other episodes. We say, mm, I don't think. Oh, wait, so I think they say Generation Y in the first episode. That was also the well, name of the first uh, yes, volume quite, or comic. Quite possible, yeah. right? But last we, last one time and again, which I missed being a part of the uh, recording of, did not. I don't think come into play there. But with this episode and the finale of the se- uh, series so far, we may have it come back because. Because it Im- said so at the last at the end, well, Ms. No, Marvel no. will return in the Marvels. Yes, but not the TV show. Whatever. So, well, though there's a major difference when you have to go to pay to see in a movie theater. Yes, big buku bucks. Yes. Well, not for me because I have AMC oh, A list, which is his, wonderful. Whatever. Well, so I can be able to go see Wait, many movies. Are you sponsored by them? Because if not, don't no, even it's, drop it's the it's name. Oh, <laughs> let's you. not talk about Marvel ever again because they're not paying us. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick. What you have for breakfast today? Oh, well, I, <laughs> my breakfast was straight to dinner, actually. Mm. But anyway, so with this episode, we are talking about the finale of Ms. Marvel. And with that one line of, well, where is she going to go? You know, Amon herself, the actress who plays Ms. Marvel, she has stated that she would like to see a second season. And she'd like to see where the character can go from here. Kind of like a, uh, you know, Spider-Man in a uh, homecoming fashion, how he's interacting with the whole world. And I'm down with that. I'm 100% on board. And I feel with this character, with this interpretation by Iman, we got a fan. We got somebody who does her thing in the Marvel Universe because she's been a fan of this stuff her whole life. So Absolutely. And I think naturally with a character like this, it makes more sense to have a TV show continuing forward because it'll give us more time, I feel like, to actually, like especially younger audience, to grow with her. But especially like a character like that, which is like, you know, she has some of the coolest team ups in like the in the comics, like especially with Wolverine being like a mentor of hers, as well as Captain Marvel and everything. Like, I think like if they give her the approach of like her main outlet is the TV show with appearances in the movies, that would be like so much cooler because then it's like 
they, it won't be a question of, oh, when is she going to pop up again? But like, oh, I have this to look forward to now, which is the TV show. Um, and I think it naturally just makes sense for them to do a TV show with her, especially since they have so many different storylines that like, not necessarily that weren't wrapped up, but like stuff with like um, Red Dagger and, you know, even uh, um, Nakia and even Bruno and Caltech. Like when it comes to the Marvels, like, we know that the family, the brother and the um, the mother and father, are going to be in the movie, um, especially off of that uh, end credit teaser. But uh, you know, nothing says that Bruno, the man, the legend himself, isn't. He's going to Caltech, so you know, who knows? Maybe a next season can be a summer break type thing. You know. Well, with this episode, you know, we end up seeing the family now. They're all in on knowing her secret identity as. Uh, bright light or light bright or what what happened? Nightlight. There we go, nightlight. She's a nightlight. And <laughs> she's that night girl. I appreciate the light girl is even I appreciated seeing that you know, they changed things up. A f- whole family knows someone's secret identity. Yeah. And she didn't even get to give it a you know, give it to, away to them at the same time because her big reveal went to her mom, it went to Abu, and then it went to her brother and wife and she was all all goo goo gaga about about that. And what gets me about that is this can both be a great thing for the character and also an absolutely terrible thing because somebody can end up, you know, pressing someone and finding out from her what happens. Whereas on the flip side, having family members that know it can be beneficial. But just like Spider-Man, Peter Parker, you don't want to have everyone know your identity because it can lead to dangerous outcomes. Or madness. For others. Or, yeah. I think if something were to happen to the Khan family... Aside from Kamala herself, don't forget they have a very secret weapon on their side, and that's Papa Hulk. Okay, <laughs> he will single-handedly stop Thanos if Thanos ever came back. If Galactus comes, when Arishem comes back to announce his judgment of planet Earth, they're sending Abuba up there, and he's stopping it right there. That was one he double hockey sticks of a cosplay green makeup done job, real good. That was. She Hulk should have uh, taken note from that. Oh no, no. Let's give her a shot until next August, until next <laughs> month though. Uh, but um, this is what happens. Like that female lead in the DODC says, this is what happens when the wrong people get powers. Kids. Yep. Like she's got some uh, history or experience. The dynamic between her and the male DODC character though was interesting. How you saw something was about to happen and a uh, division among you know that same team, if you will. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Agent Cleary, because he was in uh, No Way Home. And I, and as weird as it's going to sound, I'm glad that we actually got to see something, specifically with Agent Deaver, where she does something out of line, and that person actually has repercussions happen to them. Because mm-hmm. like, there's been so many movies or shows, not even just in Marvel or anything, where it's like someone disobeys a superior and then they're back like the next season or the next movie and it's like oh here we go like now this sets up where it's like if they want to go further with her character because they showed that she doesn't necessarily care about authority and she's willing to do her own thing like who knows maybe she'll team up with julia louise dreyfus's character val and Hmm. team up you know like who knows like the, the world is so bigger but one of the things that i thought was cool though and it kind of goes back to last episode but a little with this one um since we see the drones again um, since, you know, certain things were revealed in this episode, could, uh, the Star Trek drones that are now the DOD, um, DODC, uh, drones, 
possibly be a, a beta program for the Sentinels? That Sentinels. I didn't even think about. Well, considering when we get to the end of it, that yeah. what, we, what we hear and or see, you know. I feel like they could go a lot of ways. That's, I, I truly think that aside from what we find out at the end, going going forward, I think uh, Ms. Marvel could possibly be, as of right now, one of the most or the most important uh, show that we've had so far. And it's funny because not many people, you know, we were talking off mic about this. Not a lot of people we know have been watching this program. You know, you told me I'm like one of two people you know that are watching this. Yes. And it's kind of uh, astounding to hear that. It's like, again, maybe going, you know, hand in hand with what I've been saying over the last few weeks. Advertising for the show was not there. Mm -hmm. But yet in the last, like, the advertising came in social media discourse in regards to the finale because they're just like, by the way, the show that none of you have been watching, something big happened. So you might want to yep. watch you, dumbasses. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. Like, as soon as um, as soon as that ending happened and the end credit scene, the first thing I did was go online and see what people were thinking. And some of the first comments online, like Reddit or, like, other websites where, like, they show, like, people's, like, what they wrote on Twitter, like, Twitter reactions, some of the first comments were, I feel bad for all the people who didn't watch this show. Uh, yeah. And it's like, that is so true. Like I'm in, in one of my group chats that I have, my two friends were like, Hey, uh, what'd you think of the finale? I was like, neither of you guys are watching the show. Good luck avoiding anything. Or because like, because this just changed the past of the MCU. I was like, honestly, this is probably the most important drop that we've ever had. And because, you know, other than, and, you know, spoilers for the ending of this episode, but if you're listening to the show, you know, you realize you're getting spoilers, dumbass. But the, uh, <laughs> it's your choice. Do as you will. Don't stop calling people names. You, yesterday yesterday on, the, on the Thor Love and Thunder review, you said, idiot, you're an idiot. Turn, turn this off. Go elsewhere. No, no. But no, you're an idiot, dumbass, you know. I agree. Just but stop it. Nope. But <laughs> I control the microphone. Don't you know that? And I can still yell really loud. <laughs> I'm just going to commandeer the, the the podcast now. We're it's good because I had both our microphones shut off. Sir, I how took, rude. I took the hit for you. So. I was doing a great David Lynch impression. So thank you. I'd rather anyway. you do a deceased Gilbert Gottfried. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now... Before we were so rudely interrupted with all of this stuff, what gets me is, you know, we're getting the mutants. We're getting the merry band of muties. And I kind of love knowing that we had the hint of it in uh, Doctor Strange and the multiverse of macho madness. But now it's kind of like really full-blown steam ahead. This is going to happen. And, you know, Lord Feige has gone on like... Just, just stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. And I love that, you know, it's good storytelling that it's in the most unlikely of places. Like, did you, did any of you guys expect Ms. Marvel mm. to be the place where mutants would be no. dropped? Nah, no. no. I did not see that I, coming. I thought that when the original Phase 4 slate was confirmed, um, didn't think anything of it. It wasn't until Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 3, when they said we're going to Magipore, 
Ooh, that's yeah. when I was like, oh, mm. we might get something. But then they ended up going to the bar that Wolverine frequented. I was like, You're, we're not going to see someone as big as Wolverine pop up in this episode. Wouldn't be surprised if we got like a tease to like the mutants and stuff like that. Wolverine's not, but he, the fact that they straight up said we're going to Magipur, which is a heavily X-Men oriented setting, like that's when I was like, all right, we're leading up to it. But Ms. Marvel, of all things, no way. Wolverine's not, not very big anyway. He's very short. But he's very not as true. short as Alpha Flight's puck. And don't you forget that. Or no. AEW's Jonathan Gresham. But that's a joke for any other time. Any other time. Now, with this episode, like I said, so let, let's just talk about, I think this is going to be the main thing of discourse on this episode. The costume that Kamala's mother made. It's spot not, on. It's Not great that, you stuff. dingling. Well, she did the first one to, to take to AvengerCon, and now this. And this is like, yeah. Let's talk about the, uh, well, let, let, fine, let's go to the, the costume discussion. But I... I kind of called it that that was going to happen. The mother would be the one that creates the costume because she has the earring in the previous episode, the damaged earring, and just that whole, yeah, yeah, that looks yep. really good. Let's make a thing out of this. And well, now it's like... the, that's another one of the things that, like, what we talked about before was, like, that the whole family is in on it now, you know? Like, it just it just really brings everything together. Like, something, even as something as simple as, like, um, Abu being supported from the very beginning to, like, we trust her, right, to now the end line of, like their conversation on the couch was like now the mom's saying because we trust her right and then abu agreeing like yeah we do you know every like and now the mom knowing like um the grandmother um the, her mother which is kamala's grandmother's story of seeing the, the the stars wasn't bs it was like it was legitimate you know and it was like she needed that awakening to finally accept like okay and it's like the fact that's like um the, she, the necklace broke in episode five, which gave us the tease for, like, the logo. Mm-hmm. The mom made the suit, which was just awesome. Um, it, the mom and dad sending Amir to go help her in the school because, you know, I'm your older brother. I'm supposed to look out for you. And him even joining her on, like, missions and stuff. And even um, Abu, like, basically telling her, like, you really are our own little Ms. Marvel. Like, it's just everything was just so family-oriented. And that's what I loved about it. And so, like, the fact, like, just going to wrap that point up, like, the fact that, like, the mom made the suit just honestly makes so much sense. And then we move ahead to uh, Kamala with the costume for the first time that we see and uh, hitting the streets, although in her own unique way, above, you know, light post level or something like that. But I, I respect the fact that, or traffic light level, I respect the fact <laughs> that even though Kamala doesn't drive, she still obeys traffic signals. I love the fact that we're getting the usage of a line that I did not think we would get, and that was her one word, embiggen. I did not think that was going to happen. I don't know why. I just did not think that one thing, because that's a staple of who she is as a character. That's a yeah. catchphrase. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you can get the catchphrase, but I didn't think how they would utilize it. Like Maybe she would say something, and then, ha, 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 that's it. One and done line. No. They found a way to make the whole... You know, the thing bigger than it is and this and that, that's fine. I like Even that. she looked like she got a little bit bigger, like, physically as well. Like, her feet were planted on the ground as well. Because, um, like, first off, what, is, what did you two think of, like, the fact that they changed her power from being, like, a um, Mr. Fantastic-ish to basically being more cosmic? I appreciated it. Um, yeah, I, I think I just uh, it um, fleshed out, so to speak, more of what she could do. Uh, I still, I still saw the Mister Fantastic abilities in there. Yeah, especially but yeah, with the stretching part. Yep, that's exactly what it was, and and the big hands and the big feet. I thought though, for the time where you saw her all cosmic, all cosmically lit up from the uh, feet up to the mid, 
mid like the knee or something that she was going to be lar- larger because I think we on a previous episode of this series said we probably wouldn't see her in gigantic form or perhaps not even shrinking down which she apparently can do in the comics um, but we see more of what yes she can do definitely originally when they first showed the the hard light um, because that's what her and Bruno like to call it. Um, originally, my initial theory was the cosmic stuff is temporary, and then by the last episode, we're going to see her like full blown comic wise, where it's like there's going to be no hard light. Like the uh, it was like the Terrigen stuff, and it was really just like like a butterfly how they go into like the cocoon and they metamorphosize into like their final form. For some reason, I thought like the hard light was going to be like the cocoon metamorphosizing her, but. I was kind of glad to see that they really stuck it through with being cosmic, and I really do like that they went cosmic with it. Like, it just makes it more unique. And like you said, more fleshed out. And just, like, I mean, that scene with her at the traffic light was so cool. Like, her waiting tap in her foot. I'm just glad that finally she, um, in traffic law, she didn't reverse into someone this time. Right, and it, you know, it just goes or went along with the song that happened to be playing at the time to keep the action along, moving, um, like we've seen other similar sequences before in this show. Uh, and then, in the same token, when we get the the five kids in the school and and the DOC DODC and the plan that's going to get hashed out, and part of it was me thinking, oh, they did something like this before. How what they were going to go to, meaning Kamala and Bruno, to the prom, ride the bikes go off the, uh, the the road or the overpass onto the bus to get home and or you know and all those things yeah. and of course it falls apart but this time it's how they're going to thwart or delay the DODC uh, and I even partially thought of an Ant-Man um, or although what's his name hashing it out where he would go into different uh, characters and oh, scenarios he, yeah. Yeah, and my yeah. brother's uncle and his cousin told him <laughs> yeah, yeah crazy, I love I just absolutely loved the creativity on the show and you can tell how much love was put into it and one other thing like with that like if you if you notice like i'm not sure how much you guys felt like interviews with aman Vellani, but she was very vocal um for a while about how she was like oh uh i was trying really hard to put a lockjaw easter egg in the show but kevin feige kept saying no well now we understand why and, you know, in regards to the whole plan that they have of doing everything, it felt like such a kid-like plan with the whole project. You know, we're going to throw softballs at them. We're going to see what we can do. Just, you know, yeah. futz around and, you know, do a little thing with that. And All the fire hydrants and stuff. It, <laughs> if, oh, you mean the uh, the extinguishers? The extinguishers, yeah. Okay, yeah. A plan for kids by kids. Exactly. And, you know, one, you know going off of that real quick, a comment made about the show that I recently saw, and it was very cringeworthy, was it's a show made for kids by kids because, you know, it's like some guy in his 40s being like, I don't get this show. I don't understand it. Like, it's it's terrible because I don't get it. I can't connect with it. Uh, there was so – I genuinely feel bad for especially her, aside from, like, you know, just Marvel in general and, like, the cast and crew, but especially her, like – this being her first major role and being so excited, being a fangirl as she is, just for like, and, and the thing is, so many people love the show. It's just one of those things, like with anything, is the majority might enjoy it, but that small minority that don't enjoy it is just really loud. 
And it's just, the, unfortunately, the ones that are really loud make it seem like the show is just unappreciated. You know what I mean? And then, like, there was even an interview with her, like, after the first few episodes where they were like, oh, how do you, how do you, how do you, like, feel? And she's like, oh, it's really happy. It's just unfortunate that, like, it, a lot of it's negative. And it's like, I, you can't help but feel bad for her. You know what I mean? But I, I'm, like, l- listen, I, it was my favorite Marvel show so far. And if I were to rank all 97 things that are now in the MCU, um, it would definitely be in the top 10. I feel, like that's an, I feel like that's an understatement on the number. Just just a <laughs> yeah. hair. Yeah. Until, yeah, 100%. <laughs> but, um, like, it just, I thought, like, just everything like that. And the whole, it was made for kids by kids. Like, no. Like, we we're allowed to have different things for all different ages and um, groups and everything. Like, it doesn't. It, that's such a, I'll just say, a shitty thing to say is, is to underappreciate and devalue it like that. Like, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it, you know. But when something crazy happens, don't come crying that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get it. You know what I mean? Right, right. I was trying to, I'm thinking about, from, well, with from notes that I'm, I've taken on the episode that with Cameron having his powers and he said that in the alley with Bruno and Kamala that he felt like he was being crushed from the inside out. I assume that when he dispelled or manifested or used his powers, that possibly helped temporarily. But, you know, he goes on through that, and he's emotionally conflicted. Then when he finds out his mom's died, that doesn't make things any worse. And apparently he can generate sound wave to to repel the forces of the DODC. But then um, Kamala says, uh, get to the harbor. I'll, I'll help you out. She punches the street and, I guess, creates a tunnel. Well, on episode number five of this show that we were talking about, Ryan had brought up the point of he was wondering what would happen with Cameron and the line of, you know, he, he you know predicted to the effect of Cameron is going to be the bad guy of season two if there is. And I'm glad to see that, you know, he he got most of the beats on that right. Yeah. And then, you know, when he said he uh, he's going to be the bad guy, I'm like, that didn't happen, and I'm but I'm also glad that it didn't because I liked knowing, hey – they had something, and then he's still there, you know? I think that it could go either way because um, – and that's a good theory that, like, hey, season two, it's going to be – he's going to be – Cameron's going to be the bad guy. Because if you look at a lot of uh, – I mean, in any comic book movie or TV show, a lot of the characters' first villains are basically an echo of them. You know, Iron Man was Ironmonger, you know. Black Panther was Killmonger. Um, Ant-Man uh, – Yellow jacket, you know. Whiplash, um, whiplash, and uh, you know, because he's the uh, oh, yeah. the Russian version of Iron Man, and oh, he doesn't have the yeah. luxury but, uh, that Tony had. Mm-hmm. But with with this show, it was like they kind of set it up where it was like, I, I'm not gonna lie, I was waiting for Cameron to for it that to be the final showdown. But um, I don't know. I really, I truthfully do. I think they're gonna drop another big plot twist with his character. The first being that he wasn't being a dick to my man Bruno, he genuinely did think his name was Brian. I think the second big plot twist with that, uh, what his character is going to be, is he's not going to go bad. Especially that he's working with a uh, Red Dagger now and everything, like that he's helping him like with his powers and everything. I think they're they're hooking us up with a big uh, bait and switch, and we're going to probably see like another um, villain take place. Um, or you know, who knows? It could. Just be the beginning, and you know, 
Maybe they might fight. I hope they don't. So speaking of a fight that we didn't really want to see happen, when Brian is, or sorry, well, I did it now. When Brian, wow. when, <laughs> when Bruno got punched by one of the damage control guys, yeah, I sure. audibly winced, and I'm just like, God damn, that looked like they yeah, wailed they into the kid. Out. Yeah, it wasn't even a close up, but you could just see when he was getting his dance move on. Then boom, he just that yeah. was it. like honestly, I think when they said. Scenes that may be uncomfortable for viewers. That, that I think that was the scene because I'm just I like, I guess so. Yeah, I was trying to think about it, like well, he what, wailed yeah. on a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that made me want to like pause the show, make it Twitter accounts, and like tweet at the actor Matthew Lynch. Like, question: Did you get a stunt double for that, or did you actually get decked in the face? Because that looked a little too real. Like, I don't think that guy was acting. <laughs> and. Let's talk about, so let's go back over to the whole mutant thing and where we think this is going to lead. Because this is, it's one of two big things. The big, all the other big thing in this episode was the post-credit sequence involving Brie Larson, which, yeah. let's actually go away from the mutant thing because I do, I really do want to talk about that because I don't think anybody realizes what this means. Some people out there are thinking that it's going to be like the source material where she can turn into Brie Larson. Like into, uh, you know, Carol Danvers. I don't think that's the case because if you're noticing what she's doing is looking around the room, seeing pictures of herself and she's just like, oh, no, oh, no, because she doesn't realize that she's her. Why is she reacting like that? They're doing. Exactly. I have a theory about that. Mm -hmm. I think. um, All right. So this is going to go all the way back to Shang-Chi. If you remember at the end of Shang-Chi, we learned that the the strings were setting off a beacon and then Carol had to leave because possibly something related to that signal that got set off. So she leaves. Um, and But then in episode, what was it? Three, in the beginning of episode three, when uh, um, Cameron's mom was telling uh, um, Kamala about like her people and we see the flashback, when the camera zooms out, you see the Ten Rings logo, which means somehow that the Ten Rings and the break of the band are related possibly somehow. But then it kind of looked like before she got sucked into like that little time wormhole thing, it kind of looked like it was sending off a signal or a beacon, you know? So then it makes sense. Like definitely, like I've read some of the stuff. Like, oh, what happened to she like the comics and the, she only had it for like two issues, but she could shape shift. Like you said, I don't think so. Cause Carol looked way too confused and she ran, but then it makes more sense as to why in the Marvels, like, we know it's a team-up movie. Like, why would Captain Marvel go to a 16-year-old girl from Jersey City and be like, come and help me? Now it makes sense where maybe she's in, like, the negative zone or something. Maybe those are the negabands or something well, like that, the different dimensions. I kind of get some of that, yeah. It's now, it's now, like, I can imagine an opening scene where it's, like, Amir, um, the mom, and the dad are like, oh, my God, why are you in our house? Where are you in our house? And, and then she has to find her, like, they're like, you better get our daughter back. You're her hero. You better go to space and go get her. What you know this is? Well, what this is is the uh, what's it called? The uh, Captain Marvel, Rick, Rick Jones. Yeah, Rick Jones thing. It's one hundred percent that they're actually adapting this. Where Rick Jones, you know, in the place of uh, Carol or uh, Kamala Khan. So it's Kamala Khan being Rick Jones, goes off into another dimension, whatever, while you know they swap places. They only need one negaband to do yeah. it, or bangle in this case. So exactly. it's that, and it's uh, 
did not see that coming. So if you got the uh, that run of uh, Captain Marvel from back in the day, makes perfect sense now. Because yeah. we still don't have Rick Jones. We don't have the Forrest Gump of the Marvel Universe. I wish he was there, <laughs> but we don't. Rick Jones, you know, somehow... Let's see, what did Rick Jones become? He became a rock star. He became Bucky. He became... What else, Eddie? Married. He became married. God, imagine him and Jimmy Olsen having a conversation. Well, well you know. How's you, your universe? You know what? <laughs> I married a, lot, a gorilla. A lot to talk about. Superman was the jungle chieftain and got us married. I now pronounce you man and wife. Ook, ook, It's good times. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. And now let's talk about the mutant agenda. Didn't see that coming, and I'm glad it did. The biggest twist in Marvel MCU history. <laughs> next to next to the other twist where uh, Pietro just turned a little bit and got shot. Yeah, he became a human shield. You sure like did. <laughs> but we're getting the mutants in the uh, Marvel Universe. It's finally happening. And when we heard that musical cue, the da na 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 I had to rewind. I was like, I didn't I did too. That, did I? <laughs> I I heard it perfectly, and I I you know mouthed, oh shit, because it's finally happening. And we we had the uh, we had Professor Xavier, but I feel like rumor and innuendo right now is some of those characters that showed up in Multiverse of Madness, Reed Richards. They're not going to be the actors that play them full time. It's a one off. It's yeah. a one off, and thank God because if I have to hear one more person going, if, sure. if John Krasinski doesn't play him, it's like no, just shut up. Emily just... Blunt is a Sue Storm, and I'm pretty sure I, I don't know, so I don't want this concreted, like chiseled in concrete or anything like the great stone Ten Commandments. But uh, I'm pretty sure I read something where Kevin Feige confirmed the only reason why John Krasinski was casted was just because fans wanted it, which is his very nice way of saying just to shut people the heck up. Yeah. Yep. Because I never, I like John Krasinski. I think he's cool. I never understood the hype of him and his wife playing Sue and, uh, and Reed. Like, just because they're married and look like the ultimate versions of the character doesn't mean that they're going to do good. You know who I should, who I think should play Reed Richards? Who's that? Both at the same time, Nathan Fillion and uh, Idris Elba. It's going to be like, you know, the little lens thing. Like, the left lens is uh, Idris Elba. The right lens is Nathan Fillion. You want to go full counsel and read, don't you? 100%. It's going to be both of them at the same exact time. So you get to see Idris Elba and Nathan Fillion. Oh, that'd be cool. I always thought if he was a little bit younger, Joseph Gordon-Levitt would have been a fantastic fantastic Mr. Fantastic. Or uh, Jack Quaid, Huey from The Boys. 
Ooh, that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. I, I also I was also on the whole uh, Raul Amcoli uh, train for a while. Um, the guy who played Robbie and I Zombie, and he was also in the show Midnight Mass. Um, he's a really good actor, um, but I feel like he would be really cool as like an X Men character or something. But now, before, yeah, well, we'll we'll continue this discussion uh, after talking about the episode, but. Let let's just get to the yeah. uh, the finale of this. Also, this is uh, the end of season one. I if se- series one, maybe whatever. It's it's a six episode event. So many people slept on it, and I still stand by what I said. I did not care for the middle episodes three, four, and five. Very mid for me. Just not. Well, a fan. you know why four and five you didn't enjoy as much. Why? Because Bruno wasn't in it. That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't talk about Bruno. No, we don't. We we'll, we'll talk about Brian. We'll 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 throw him <laughs> that one. We'll talk about Brian. And I mean, for myself, I thought the series was good. It's not my favorite of all the series that they've put up so far on the award-winning Disney Plus, but I enjoyed it for what it was. I feel like it stuck the landing on the opener. First two episodes stuck the landing. The rest, eh, it's a little mid, whatever. And then the finale just did a great job. Gr- did a great job of keeping my attention and enjoying what I was watching. So I think it also had a lot to do with. I agree with that. I think the first two episodes and the last episode by far were my favorites. Um, episode three I enjoyed, but you can tell it was like. I think a lot of it also had to do with if you notice going to the series. The first two episodes are extremely lighthearted, and it shows in the terms of the animations and the effects and even her texting her friends and stuff. But as the show got more serious, the a lot of that like fun adventure stuff kind of slowly starts to dissipate until the end where she was more com- – like in the comics where she finally becomes confident in herself, like where she's like, you know what? The brown girls from Jersey City can save the world. Like, when she finally realizes, I got my family's approval, especially my mom's. Like, you know, I can help save the day. I got an amazing group of friends, and she's finally confident again. Then we got the fun coming back. But I also think that has a lot to do with the uh, the two guys who wrote and directed the episodes. I forgot their names, so I'm not even going to attempt to try mm-hmm. to, to guess what they are. But um, I'm, the guys who did the first – I know they did the first episode and the last episode. They might have done the second episode. But they really nailed the tone of Kamala Khan. Like, they they nailed it. Like, if they decide they're going to do a um, a season two, which I'm sure they will, they better bring those guys back to do the whole season, or at least a good portion of the season, because they did fantastic. Yeah, Nick, you just also hinted on something that was toward the end of the episode when uh, Kamala was outside her bedroom window on that part of the roof, and Abu came out and said, well, this is scary, but then it was like, okay, and he told her that if you saved one life, well, you saved the world. And inadvertently came up with her name, her superhero name. And uh, if yep. we didn't learn anything else, that Kamala is or means perfect in Arabic. Yeah. There you go. So overall, I enjoyed the season, you know, other than just a middling middle, otherwise good stuff. It's definitely uh, it's worth a rewatch. I would say 100%. And Iman nailed the part of the character, and I'm excited to see where she goes from here. Definitely. Same. I am in agreement, and it will be rewatched because um, 
My wife is into the episodes, although she's only about one-third away in, so it'll be a good rewatch for myself as well. Yeah. She picks up things a lot quicker than I do, actually, and she'll ask questions, and maybe with a second watch I'll be more uh, tuned into uh, saying, oh, well, that's, you know, that's something I haven't read yet is probably going to be part of the answer. And yeah. it's funny because I didn't think you'd be buying the Ms. Marvel uh, graphic novels of or the col- the trade collections. Well, I got it below cover price, so why not? Oh, shucks. And then, you know, just seeing you, though, reading those, I'm like, wow, I didn't expect he would be a fan of this. And um, it's a pleasant surprise, and it's really cool to see. And you're enjoying it, I can tell. Expanding my mind. I just haven't gotten any further than, than what looks to be like issue four, I but think. You made it further than I thought you would, Eddie. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm down. I, I'm, I'm invested in it. I bought it. I'm going to get through it. But, One way, you know, but what I'm getting at is I've heard you know the tone in your voice about it. You're like, I enjoy this. Well, and that's I, another good thing. Of, like, what a great thing about the show is like a character that like normally a lot of people wouldn't necessarily be interested in, or like, oh, I'll watch the show and I couldn't care less about the comics. Or now, like, I want to know more about this character. One because it was done so well, and two, like, and I think it has a lot to do with uh, Aman Vellani. Is she she made the character so much more than just a comic character. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like to me, I felt like a lot of people might disagree with this, but I don't care. Um, I to me, she she basically did what what like Robert Downey Jr. did, where it's like she's now synonymous to me, even though she's the only one with Ms. Marvel. Where it's like, if even thinking of anyone else to try to play Kamala Khan, I'd be like, I can't. It's, it's that's her, you know. Ed Bagley Jr. Down the line, she's still playing her. I'm still gonna be like, nah, she's perfect for it. Mm-hmm. So you don't think Ed Begley Jr. could do a good job in the role? I do not, unfortunately, but maybe as an older Bruno, absolutely. <laughs> oh, here you go. All right. So now one other thing that I wanted to talk about on this episode, not about Ms. Marvel, but something else in the future of the MCU. Something leaked today, possibly. Concept art for the movie Black Panther World of Wakanda. Is it World of Wakanda or Wakanda? Wakanda Forever? Oh. Wakanda Forever. Oh, I did not get that right at all. Swinging to miss, Peter. Oh. <laughs> but Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and it's supposedly a character that is going to be debuting soon in the MCU, and that is... He's everyone, blue! No, everyone's favorite homeboy from Latveria, Doctor Doom. Victor! And I don't think it's real. Oh. I saw the photo, and it's concept art, supposedly... It doesn't look like it whatsoever. Hmm. I Have saw that it? as well. Yeah. I don't think it's real, but then, you know, at the same time, it looks so unreal that it possibly could be real. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, you know, mass, that movie Master Disguise, like, it's so stupid it might just work. I think it's one of those things where it's like, it looks so not real that it actually is real yeah um wouldn't be surprised if it is real um i mean odd choice of a movie to put in granted the movie hasn't come out yet so who knows maybe they'll tie in perfectly but that just then if anything that just establishes that uh you know we're the Fantastic Four, man. Well, tie it, you know, tie it back over to Ms. Marvel with this episode. Did you think this would be the show where Mutants got debuted? No, not at all. So. I, not at all, but it, I think the, the big thing with, um, like, but I was saying with, like, the Black Panther thing was, in that concept art, 
Victor ain't Victor. He is Doom. So it's one of those things where he already is. Like, he's already been through that transformation process, which then poses, poses the question, like, what's going on with the other four? You know, right. like, where have they been? So I think that's going to wrap this episode up for today. Nick, once again, thank you for being in at the last minute, by the way. Absolutely. Thank you for having me five minutes before the show started. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. Pretty much right on the nose and good insights to that as well. Thank you very much. For The Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Nick Wells. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior!